And if we could stand this morning, we're going to bring Brother Herring to the pulpit. want him to be able to preach the Word of God, follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, and deliver the Word to us. Amen. Everybody say, God bless Brother Herring. Praise the Lord, everyone. Indeed, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise God. I uh, just want all that God's got for us today. Amen. Don't you? It's a good day to be in church. Praise God. Feel the Holy Ghost this morning. If uh, you got a Bible, I should go with me to the book of Luke. Chapter 24, verse 49. Praise God. And then we're going to go to Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. Praise the Lord. It says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 said, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tablets that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but the end but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it surely come, for it will surely come, it will not tarry. God, we thank you this morning for your presence. We thank you for what you're going to do this morning, God. For we know you're going to move. We, we know you're going to minister, God. We just want to be able to respond to your spirit this morning. I'm not asking any of these precious people to respond to me, but I am asking if they could respond to your spirit and your word today, Lord. And we're going to give you all the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Why don't you put your Bibles down and why don't you raise your hands one more time? I know we've been praising them a lot already, but it'd be okay if we did that one more time. We love you, Master. We love you, we praise you, we exalt you. We do glorify you this morning, Lord. We're relying upon you and that anointing today, God, that you would move and minister to every person in this house. And we'll give you all the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Why don't you clap unto the Lord before you be seated? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And you can be seated this morning. I want to preach a little bit this morning by the help of the Holy Ghost. The pause before the promise. It was an exciting, amen, group of people that gathered together Jerusalem to wait for the promise. Luke tells us that they left the mountain of Christ a situation full of joy. Amen. Praise God. It's not God's will that you don't have joy. You ought to have some joy. If you're a child of God, praise God, you ought to have joy. Amen. You ought not let nothing get in the way of, praise God, what God's given you. Amen. 
The book of Acts says that they gathered together in the upper room waiting on that promise. Wait, Jesus. Come on, wait. Jesus said, Terry, ye in the city of Jerusalem, aren't you glad you don't have to go back to Jerusalem to get the Holy Ghost? Aren't you glad you could come to an altar today uh, and give a free will offering to God, uh, an offering of repentance, uh, and say, God, oh, come on now, and receive the promise that God uh, has already promised you, uh, a man that's waiting in an altar? The book of Corinthians tells us that the resurrected Jesus was seen by as many as 500 people. Praise God. There were as many as 500 joyful followers that set out to embrace the promise of God. However, the latter half of that first chapter of Acts, when Peter stood among the followers that had gathered in the upper room, uh, the writer notes that the fact there was only 120 that had gathered there in that room. One might wonder how 500 people get whittled down to 120. Although the promise was to all of them, it was spoken. Jesus was resurrected. He had given the promise in person. If you will but wait on me, I'll pour out my spirit. However, between the declaration of the promise and the fulfillment of the promise, there existed a 10-day pause. And it summed up one single word, wait. We don't like waiting, do we? None of us like to wait. I want you to understand this morning that God inserted a pause before the promise. Yes, he did. He inserted a pause before the promise. Perhaps the single greatest factor in the reduced number of followers, amen, at least 380 of them couldn't endure the wait. Nearly 400 people missed the promise because they couldn't get past the pause. Oh, come on, friend of mine. Maybe you've been in a pause. Maybe you've been in a pause, but there's a promise behind the pause. I said there is a promise behind the pause. Don't Come on now, don't you get caught up in the pause and think that God's not going to do it. Uh, there is a promise uh, in behind the pause. Uh, come on, God's promised this church some things, uh, but maybe uh, you've just been in the pause uh, and God said, now I'm going to bring about the promise. be honest with each other this morning one of our biggest flaws is waiting is something we're not good at we like instant pudding and microwave popcorn don't we yay we like things to come to pass as quickly as possible without the lingering empty anticipation of a long drawn out period of waiting Amen. That's the truth. However, I want you to understand this morning that the genuine book of Acts revival was born in a crucible of a pause. 
I said it was born in the crucible of a pause. Uh, it was a waiting room that gave birth uh, to apostolic revival. Uh, it was only after agonizing days uh, of expectancy and waiting uh, that God poured his spirit out. Uh, I can imagine uh, the frustration uh, to some. Some of you are frustrated right now because your promise has not come to pass. You've just been in the pause. God's just had you in a pause. Praise God, and it looks like it's not going to come to pass. But I'm telling you, it's going to come to pass. I said, I'm telling you, it's going to come to pass. I said, I'm telling you, it's going to come to pass. Those lost loved ones are going to come to pass. Those wayward children are going to come to pass. Children revival is going to come to pass. Uh, come on, it's the promise uh, in the Paul. Oh, everybody praise him a minute. Here's where some of you are at, and I can imagine how those others there that day begin to declare that after a few days, well, it's never going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. Well, it hasn't happened, happened yet. I can imagine after a little time had passed, the affairs of life begin to crop up, and some of them said, I've got to go take care of business. i got to get back to the wife and the kids. Come on, I got to go back to work. Uh, that upper room where the glory would be poured out. Uh, they missed the greatest promise. Uh, come on. Make no mistake about it, friend of mine. The book of Acts, Apostolic Revival, was poured out on a faithful few uh, that held on to the promise uh, and would not let it go. Uh, come on, hold on to your promise today. Don't let your promise die. Come on, raise your vision today. Uh, don't let your vision die. Those faithful few that refused to leave the waiting room but tarried until they were endued for power from on high. If you're going to be the modern day book of Acts church, you've got to realize there's power in the pause. There's power in the pause. Uh, come on, Habakkuk, the whole ideal of having to wait uh, on the promise uh, is not, come on now, it's not something new with God. That portion of text that I give you this morning, Habakkuk, the vision, come on, that he's going to bring to pass. Then he told Habakkuk to write the vision down. Hello. Anybody ever wrote your promise down? Boy, I have. I remember the last time I was here, I preached about the promises of God, and I set out bags everywhere. Y'all remember, some of y'all remember that? I set bags out everywhere. And I said, if you knew that your promise was in that bag, I know it's just a bag. I know it's just a paper sandwich bag. But if you knew your promise was in that bag, would you leave it in the altar or would you get it? I think we walked away with four bags that day. I'm not stingy, but people was leaving their promises at the altar that day. If you don't want your promise, I'll take it. Come on, I said, if you don't want your promise, I'll take it. I'll take it, praise God. I said, I'll take it. He said, declare, declare it to all that will listen. 
God's going to do what God said he's going to do. You've just got to write it down. Praise God. Get a hold of the vision. Uh, get it settled in your heart. Uh, write it down so later on doubt. Don't steal it from you. Did you hear me? I said write it down today. I said write it down today. Praise God. Write it on the tablets uh, of your heart. Uh, that way you don't let doubt take it away from you. Uh, later on, friend of mine. Make sure you establish the fact that this is what God said he's going to do. But then he goes on to declare that the vision is for an appointed time. God is indeed going to do what he said he would do. The problem is too many times we allow the weight to rob us of the promise. We get tired. We get tired, brother. We get tired. We get tired in the weight. And say God's not even in it. And you're just in that pause. You're just in that pause. Too many times we lose our way somewhere in the pause before the promise. Just like the upper room. There were many that fell away and faded away during the waiting time. Friend of mine, don't wane in the waiting time. Come on, friend of mine, don't give up on your promise on the waiting time. If God told you he was going to do it, God's going to do it. He cannot lie. He will not go back on his word. His word is already settled in heaven. He will not go back on his word. If he spoke something to you and he spoke it into your spirit, friend of mine, just because it has not happened yet uh, does not mean that it's not going to take place uh, because God's faithful in his word. Uh, he will not go back on his word. Uh, he's promised this church many things, uh, but somebody's got to get a hold of the vision. Somebody's got to get a hold of the promise. Uh, some of you have let your promises die, uh, but today's the day. Uh, resurrect, oh my God. resurrect your promise. Elevate your vision. What God's already spoken to your heart, what God's spoken into your life, what God's declared for this church will come to pass. Don't interpret the pause to mean uh, that God somehow uh, has faltered on the promise. That's not true. That's what the enemy wants you to think. That's what he wants you to believe. But it's not true. Come on, somebody say, it's not true. My promise is still yet alive. Understand what God said to Habakkuk. In the end, it will speak. The vision will come to pass. Amen. God will make good on what God said He would do. If God told you your family's coming in, they're coming in. If God told you your babies are coming back home, they're coming back home. Come on, if God said to a friend of mine, He's going to give you something, He's going to do it. If he told you he's going to give you a better job, you're going to get a better job. If he told you he was going to bless your finances, he's going to bless your finances. 
come on, if he told you that, come on now, come on, if he said that, friend, that your marriage uh, was on the rocks, uh, he'll put your marriage back together. in a revival in a, another state and I wanted to I wanted to pray for this man so bad but every time I got ready to go pray for him God would not allow it I wanted to man we were having revival in that revival I think we had over 50 people get the Holy Ghost in that revival they were just coming from everywhere they were just walking in off the streets, coming in and getting the Holy Ghost in that revival. And uh, I, I wanted to pray for that man. I wanted that man to have the Holy Ghost. And because uh, God was pouring his spirit out. And when I went back there to pray for him, the Lord said, go pray for him. And when I went back there, he said, I said, can I pray for you? He said, no, you may not. Well, you have to realize he didn't reject me. And I know some people say, well, he rejected me. No, he rejected God. I'm just an extension of God's hand. He didn't reject me. He rejected God that day. And he mumbled something, and I said, I said, excuse me. And he said, I'm going to kill him. I said, no, no, man, we're not killing anybody here. And he said, you don't understand. I'm going to kill him. And he began to tell me the story about him and his wife and the man that he worked side by side with was having an affair, and he wanted to kill him. And we got back to the trailer that night, and I, I looked up in the in the mirror, and I seen this vehicle pulling in. And when the guy got out, I said, oh, my God, it's that guy. And I didn't have no weapon. I'd have nothing. And I'm thinking, in my mind, he's come to harm me because of, of what I said to him. And he said, get out, preacher. Let's talk. Man, I'm just going to be honest with you. My knees were knocking. They were. And my wife begged me. She said, please, please don't get out. I said, I, I got to. I don't know what else to do. And when I got it, he said, I tried to get a hold of my I said, hold on, Bartow. I've got a hotline to him. Man, I called that pastor. I said, get here immediately. Now. He said, what's going on, man? I said, that guy that I told you about, I said, he's here. I said, you need to get here now. He pulled up. And when he got out, he said, we. And I said, we. There's no mouse in my pockets. I said, you're the pastor. I'm the vandalist. He's your saint. You take care of him. <laughs> I'm just here to preach revival. <laughs> I don't know what happened between. They stayed in that office all night long in a prayer meeting, talking. But you know what? The next night, I tell you how great God is. God's such a great God. People give up on the promise of God so easily. But the next night, he was the first one into the altar. He got the Holy Ghost. She got the Holy Ghost. Their kids got the Holy Ghost. The brother-in-law got the Holy Ghost. The sister-in-law got the Holy Ghost. All their kids got the Holy Ghost. Come on, friend of mine. He held on. I don't know what kind of promise that pastor promised him that night. Praise God in that. Oh, come on now. In that all in that office that they made out of an altar but something took place come on we're so quick to give up on our promise aren't we how many of you give up on your promise because it didn't come to pass you don't have to raise your hand but I know there's a bunch of y'all here sitting this morning 
Just give up on your promise because it ain't happened. Praise God, ready just to throw the towel in. I'm never going to get the Holy Ghost. You will if, you, if you'll give God everything and not hold anything back. If you'll say, okay, God, here's everything. Here's all of me. You have to put yourself on that altar. Praise God. All you got to do is just put yourself on the altar. Say, God, here I am. I told God just how rotten and sorry I was. <laughs> Amen. I knew there was no good thing in this flesh of mine. I knew I needed God. Praise God. I, I found out when you get real with God, God gets real with you. He's just waiting for us to get real. Praise God. Come on, your vision does not lie. This church is here because it was appointed by God. This thing was founded on a vision. And that vision does not lie, church. You hear me? God's called your life. Come on. God's got a calling for your life. Uh, and He's got a purpose for you today. And, and though you may think that you're walking through a valley... Though you may find yourself in the waiting room. Uh, though you may find yourself in a pause. Uh, you need to remind. Come on now. You need to, Let me remind you. Uh, God's promises does not lie. Come on. I'm going to go keep saying it. I'm going to keep hammering it until somebody gets it. I said I'm going to keep hammering it until somebody gets it this morning. You know I've learned. I've learned through the passage of time, that the key to making it through the pause is to get heaven's perspective. While the Lord's speaking to Becca, he's making what seems to be a first contradictory statement. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now let's look at the first two halves of this sentence. The first half is addressed to the reader. The subject implied you. What God is saying is even though it seems to tarry from your perspective, wait on it. Wait on it. The second half of the sentence, on the other hand, friend of mine, states the objective fact because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. This is heaven's point of view. From heaven's point of view, uh, it won't tarry because it's already been done. It's already been done. Uh, understand this. Uh, as far as God's concerned, uh, you've already got the answer uh, to your prayer. Uh, you might be saying, well, I don't see it yet, God. Uh, that's your point of view. But God, from God's point of view, it's already been done. I said it's already been done. Remember this, God doesn't know limitations of time. He inhabits all the space at all the time, all at once. He sees yesterday, today, and tomorrow as if it were right now. As far as God's concerned, your situation's already worked out. But you got to believe it. God's point of view, the promise has already come to pass. But you got to believe it. The vision's already been fulfilled, but you got to believe it. The scripture declares that God's word would never return void.
truth from this, come on, the truth is that from the moment the word was spoken, the deed was already done. He spoke everything. That's why everything is subject to the word. Everything is subject to the word. Because he spoke everything with the word. So that makes everything subject to the word. Amen. That's why when I pray over somebody, friend of mine, I believe the word's going to heal. I believe the word's going to deliver. Because it's his, come on, it's his word. It's the spoken, come on now. This is why Peter can declare that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Because before sin entered this world, before God even finished creating this world, his promise had already been fulfilled. Yes, there's a lot of tarrying. Yes, there's years of waiting. Uh, yes, there's a pause before the promise. But the scripture declares uh, that the righteous and dead of the Old Testament were saved by their obedience through what? Faith. How not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Because on the basis of their faithfulness uh, and their obedience, uh, God looked forward to the cross. Uh, and he justified them by the blood uh, of heaven's spotless lamb. Uh, that's why you can tell sinners this morning, you can have, uh, to be, oh my God, you can be washed in the blood uh, of the lamb. Because as far as God's concerned, there's fresh blood still flowing from Calvary's throne. Come on, the same is true with the promise. Though you may find yourself on the waiting and waiting on it, the word of the Lord comes echoing through the corridors of time. Be not discouraged. It's already been done. The promise is yours. Wait upon the Lord and see. I said this, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their watch strength. Why? Because the vision doesn't lie. Why? Because the promise is going to come to pass. If you wait upon the Lord, you can rest assured in the fullness of time, he's going to bring the promise to pass. You get tired of me saying that? Yeah, I know you are. But I'm going to keep on saying it. I'm going to hammer it. I'm going to hammer it till I get done. I'm going to keep hammering it. This is, the diff this is so difficult for some of us, is it not? We say we believe God, but we get real frustrated. We get real frustrated with his timing. And we begin to doubt the promise. God, here I am lingering in sickness, and you haven't healed me. God, I prayed and prayed and prayed for the salvation of the, come on now. On my lost loved ones, nothing's happened yet. God, I've been asking for revival, uh, but I don't see anything. Can I tell you this morning, God's promises are certain, uh, and they will be fulfilled uh, at the exact right time. Uh, they will not delay one minute, uh, not one more of God's perfect timing. Uh, the vision doesn't lie. Uh, the promise is still true. Did he not say in this last days, I'll pour out my come on, spirit upon all flesh. It's still going to happen. 
It's still going to happen. The latter rain, the word says, is greater than the former. Uh, the promise is going to come to pass. Uh, these promises belong uh, to the book of Acts church. Uh, they're going to come to pass uh, according to God's word, uh, according to God's time. Some of you are in the waiting room. Some of you are just in the waiting room. My wife and I spend entirely too much time in waiting rooms. <laughs> neutral decorations. Neutral soothing colors. But places where hope and hopeless battles on a daily basis. There's a there's a sense of despair and constant presence of anxiety. In the waiting room, everything is out of your control. You long to do something, but the only thing you're able to do is wait. Through experience, I've learned that there is only one meaningful thing that you can do while you're in the waiting room. In that place where worry and doubt and fear and complete unproductive. Come on, and, and not being productive. And the only thing you can do in, in a waiting room is build an altar. It's build an altar. It may not seem like much to an outsider, but when you build an altar, things change. Things change. From that altar of prayer, you're able to adjust your vision uh, to heaven's point of view. Uh, from that altar of prayer, uh, you're able to grab a hold uh, of the promise of faith uh, and stand up and simply... For, oh my and stand up and simply say, come on, the promise doesn't lie. The vision doesn't lie. A matter of fact, the book of Acts tells me that's exactly what the first century church did when they found themselves in God's waiting room in the pause before the promise. They built an altar. They built an altar, and they was all in one accord in one place, and they built themselves an altar. Come on, some people's altars don't mean what it used to mean to you. Come on, because you could come around this altar. Come on, me and Archibald, come on, weep where they worship at. We've kind of lost that, haven't we? Weeping where we worship. Come on, our altars just don't have that same meanings they used to, do they? Because we could come up around this altar, we can do a lot of stuff, and we could stand around, and we could raise our hands, and we could hoop and holler a little bit, and roll and jump and shout. Carnal people do that. But what about, friend of mine, getting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus changing you, and your altar? I found out altars, friend of mine, don't have to be repaired. Because if the builder's true to his altar... It'll never have to be repaired. Tents have to be held up by, by tarps and ropes and poles, but not an altar. An altar don't have to be held up. Come on, that person that visits that altar, come on, friend of mine, holds that altar up. And you won't have to rebuild that altar because you visit that altar. Praise God, I said you visit that altar, and God knows you're going to be in that altar. Oh, come on, somebody reach out to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, you need to tell God, God, you need to help me with my altar today. 
God, you need to help me in my altar today. We even busy when we come to church because our minds won't shut down. And we won't let God speak to us because our minds are so busy. Praise God. You need to ask God, God, help me to shut my mind down to where I can hear your word, uh, to where I can take this word in, uh, to where this word will do something for my life, uh, this word will change me, uh, God, and I'm going to find that change uh, in my altar. Come on, reach out to it for a minute, church. Come on, reach out to him, church. You know what I found out? You know what I found out about those people in the upper room? They were all busy, engaged in prayer with one accord. When this church comes together in unity and prayer, hello, real prayer, heartfelt prayer, praying prayers, not just going, you know, it's easy to go through that, going through that prayer, isn't it? Because we all do it. I've been, I've been guilty of it. I, I remember one time the Lord spoke to me, and man, God was using me mightily, Brother Larson. He was using me in the gifts of the Spirit. I've seen all kind of miracles. I've seen God do all kind of stuff. And the Lord told me this is what he spoke to me. And I was in that recliner, and that thing kind of flopped this way. Praise God. So my wife started sitting in and it started flopping the other direction. And, uh. That's where I prayed at. Every day was my prayer closet right there in that old recliner. And the Lord spoke something to me, and it scared me to death. He said, your prayers become common to me. You know what God was telling me? You're just running through a prayer. You're just spending time in an altar doing nothing. That's what God told me. Man, I jumped up from there. It about scared me to death. And I got a, about a 14-foot creek that runs through my backyard. And it's real sandy in a bunch of places. And, man, I started going laying in that creek bed praying. And God began to talk to me about things about me I didn't even know about me. Because I resurrected my prayer. Some of you in here need to resurrect your prayer. You hear me? Because it's become common to God. Hello. Praise God. I never found myself back in that chair ever again. I've got 10 acres of land, and, and, and man, I've got paths beat out on my property where I walked and prayed, and God spoke to me. Praise the Lord. I don't ever want this thing to get common with me and God when I'm trying to connect with God. I want God to be able to talk to me. I want to talk, and then I want to listen. Sometimes we do all the talking and don't listen. Because we got so much to tell God. God said, if you'll just shut up for a little bit, I'll talk to you. <laughs> I know he's told me before, shut up so I can talk to you. It's the truth. We okay? Everybody all right? Praise the Lord.
You know what the original language implied about those people that day? Determination and perseverance. Where's our determination and perseverance when it comes to our altar? Help me, somebody. This was no casual church service for these people. Come on, churches become casual for some folks. Come on, we casually walk in, praise God. Don't even show up in time to even pray. You're not too busy to get to church. Come on, friend of mine, if you can't get here and pray, give God, come on, a few minutes of your time. That helps prepare your heart for the word. It'll prepare you for the word. You won't leave hacked because something was said that didn't, you know, jive with your spirit. They were constantly, constantly engaged in fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. This was the this was the power of the pause. This is what Isaiah meant when he said, "They shall mount up with eagles' wings." They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The pause isn't meant to rob you of your promise. It's there to prepare you for the promise. It's a place where, come on, it's in that place where you construct your altar and pray the blessings of God into your life. I'm just a close. I want to remind you, I want to remind you more time. Though you find yourself in the waiting room of sorts, God's going to bring the promise to pass. There's an apostolic revival for this church. With the echo, with the shouts of the redeemed again, you hear me? New souls will be born in these altars. Visions don't lie. Promises, come on, come on, your promise hasn't changed. God will do what he said he would do. I want you to join with me this morning in this pause before the promise. And why don't you build an altar together in this church today? You, the saints of God, why don't you build a new altar in this church this morning? You need to seek the face of God together this morning. Why don't you get with somebody this morning and pray for apostolic revival here in Truth Church. You need to get an upper room atmosphere in your homes in your private prayer time. The vision doesn't lie. The promise will come to pass. You need to tarry together until you turn your city upside down. Come on. With the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I wonder if you'd come down here and I wonder if you'd get with somebody this morning. And say, we just resurrect a, a brand new altar in this place today. Come on, will you do that this morning? Will you come? Will you do that? Come on, come on, gather up, get you somebody, grab them and pray with them. Come on, say, we're to build a new altar in this place. Come on, grab you somebody and pray.